we're back, folks, once again, live in Greenwood. Bonjour, shalom, and what's up? And welcome to How You Living. The show that comes straight to you from atop the Chaz Tower in the Million Dollar Studios. Chaz, we're answering the question once again, but I ask you again, how you living, man? You know what? To be honest, I'm a bit perplexed. You're perplexed? Okay. <laughs> do tell. Do tell. Well, you know, I'm going to go straight off with some callbacks because uh, this is our last weekend to do any sort of research for voting uh, for our local elections because we have to have our balance in by 8 p.m. on November 7th. That's and, correct. And there is one particular race. So I remember last week I was going to talk about Teresa Mosqueda and uh, John Grant. And that's one where I keep flip-flopping on. Right. Because uh, uh, there were some things that my friend said about John Grant that from his previous employer, or I wouldn't say employers, but groups that he's worked with, uh, I mean, he was like less than reliable. But after talking to some friends last night at a party, the people that he's worked with currently wouldn't say that. And he also brought the tenants union um, into like fiscal solvency while they were about to go bankrupt. So... So there's been the things that made him go down. There's some things that made him go up. And Teresa Mosqueda has been well-liked all around. But, of course, being a bit of a progressive who wants to see Seattle be more livable, she's in the same realm as Jenny Durkin by having a lot of the endorsements of the people who want to stall growth in a way that only allows for people with money to be here a lot longer. So that was I, I was I hated the fact that people were pushing off of John Grant. But that makes sense because what he represents and everything so i'm probably gonna go with john grant but i need to do a little bit more research but the one that really gets me is i need to look up their names but the the i wouldn't call it a highly contested race it's a race of like you feel like you're damned if you do and it's damned if you don't and as the king county sheriff position okay um (laughs) who are the uh candidates that are major in that race I will tell you your names in a second, but the whole thing is the incumbent um, has allegations of rape against him. And yeah, yeah. So it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing at all. And uh, the other candidate um, is a lady, but she, she, you know how ice at the time now is going into places where, you know, people just trying to live their lives and everything. She said that she wouldn't, if there's going to be the treatment centers or safe injection sites, she said that she would not, she would go there and arrest people because they're breaking the law. Oh, okay. And <clears throat> I'm kind of just like, and she has that idea where it's all like, why don't they get jobs? Uh, uh, why are they being lazy and everything like that? So... The, the and everything so it's kind of like what is going on with that and now someone is making it hard because there's one you you go rape allegations nope but then your alternative is i'm going to treat people inhumanely and you're like what yeah i i, I, I don't know i guess it's kind of like you know we'd have to look into that more mm-hmm. so there's a debate in the sheriff's race what that's two days away as well so you know, definitely look into that, research uh, the, the positions of the candidates. Yeah, so the two candidates are John Urquhart, and uh, the that's the incumbent, and he's going up against Mitzi Ayokinek. I'm probably not saying her name correctly, but 
But yes, Mitzi is the one who wants to lay down the rule of law and, you know, not, you know how there's some police officers that will say, yeah, the rule of law is one thing, but people's humanity is another. And other individuals would be like, well, I don't know. I'm just going to lock them up because they're breaking the law. So, so that's that whole thing. But because of the, well, it wasn't, I shouldn't quite say rape, but it was sexual assault. It was groping allegations, which is still bad. So, so yes. Well, we, you guys, if you're listening to this tomorrow and you still haven't made your decision, then cool. But we'll see what happens. We'll do like the after election report and we'll do another call back once the numbers come out, probably in February of next year. And yeah. Yeah. I wasn't familiar with this race at all. Actually, I hadn't looked into the uh, the King County Sheriff uh, race, so I wasn't aware of the allegations either. Somehow they didn't come across in my like news stream but uh i mean you know yeah i i probably would maybe abstain from voting on that position if i didn't know the the uh, actual facts right like it is what it is so you know but uh moving on uh are there any since we pretty much have spoken about the seattle election good, good callbacks which is a callback uh is there any other callbacks you have that uh relate to the rest of uh our history as a show things that we wanted to focus on that you have heard in the last week uh no those were the big ones on my mind uh we can go into the main show i guess unless you have a callback uh callback to uh what do i always do when i want to do like a throwback callback uh we'll call back to uh our shows where we thought maybe 2017 wasn't going to be so bad i want to call back to tell you it is <laughs> And uh, we're sorry at any point we were hopeful uh, for 2017 in our tone or in our titling of shows. For instance, 2017, not too bad, question mark. Uh, the answer is yes. Yes, it was. So uh, that's my callback. And <laughs> with that, we're in the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you have to start with? It's in uh, the state of America. So we can start with Bill Watch because you know what the Republicans are trying to do. Bill Watch. Yeah. You know they're trying to get this new tax reform bill through. So I think what we're going to do is we'll start. We'll do a little bit of an overview this week. But then I'll take this time during the next week to look at any of the specifics, look at the things that you should might be worried about, call your senators about, be concerned about, and also maybe the things that might benefit you. Because remember, this is a, re- a Republican tax bill, so it's definitely going to benefit big business, even though they're not telling you. They're telling you that it's like, no, no, it's not. I mean, just think about all the jobs they'll make. Wrong. And- exact mundo and it, it it won't create a lot of jobs it might create some jobs but there's no incentive for them to do it so as you're gonna head on over to congress.gov it is hr1 that's how important it is to them hr1 yeah right and it's called tax cuts and jobs act wow right like simple no nonsense and everything like that so obvious thing in the tax code yeah yeah the middle class family is the most important thing in the tax code stop telling your lies to GOP. anyway <laughs> let me stop no i'm pulling out some of the things here um about the tax brackets because uh, 
Remember when they were first talking about it? They said there's going to be three tax brackets, or four. There's going to be three tax brackets, but now there's four tax brackets. Right now, there in our current taxes, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven brackets, and in this one, the four brackets will be twelve percent on the first forty-five thousand dollars of taxable income for individuals, and then ninety thousand dollars for married couples filing jointly. That's that's a pretty fucking epic. Yeah, like that. That is, yeah, twelve percent. Like our lowest rate. Like right now, what we both would pay based on where we're at, we're in between twenty five and twenty eight percent. Yeah, nearing thirty. Right, exactly. Um, and but with this, would be well. It like you're gonna see people getting married left and right if this happens. They're gonna be like, yeah, no, <laughs> let's get married. Well, there they go. Right. And so then 25% where we're at now. Um, oh, no, no. It's 12% for the first 45000 And then 25% starts at $45,000. 65% or no, sorry, 35% starts at $20,000. And 39.6% at $500,000. So, and then, oh, and it's 39.6% if you make a million dollars as a couple. A million dollars, people. Wow. And for the 35% one, it's... Say two- what? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's $200,000 for individuals and $260,000 for married couples. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... That's crazy. And man. it also nearly doubles the standard deduction um in basically for singles um it goes up from $6,350 to $12,000 and for married couples it goes up from uh, $12,700 to $24,000 so so yeah there's going to be some this is probably not going to pass because there's going to be some there's going to be some income issues. You won't be able to be fiscally solvent with this plan as it is right now. Yeah. Because indefinitely it is, it, it is going to save, you know, the middle class some money, but based on percentages is going to save the upper class and the rich folks way more money. Yeah. So, but how much money will be saved by the, the Trump supporters? Probably a reasonable amount, which is probably the angle here is to somehow drum up tax support. That'll hit by around 2018. Mm-hmm. You know, because it'll take a while for this to enact. It may not even enact by 2018. So That's true. I mean, if they pass by the end of the year, then they can get it enacted by 2018. So this may be more of a look towards, like, to the 2020 election. So if he can get a tax breakthrough, he's kind of got some type of cushion mm-hmm. as far as his uh, his base. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, we'll see if the Republicans can, can get it through. This this has been Paul Ryan's favorite plan for a while. Oh yeah, no, it's it's definitely they like it because it's kind of like tax reform um in the Reagan era. Yeah. And it basically it's saying, you know, ideally if people have more money in their coffers, they're going to spend it on developing their businesses. Which mm, sure, if you believe that people are that virtuous, but as the past showed us with the Reagan cuts, jobs did not go up. Yeah, we stayed about the same. Why? Because they were just hoarding their money. Yeah. <clears throat> There's no incentive. There needs to be an incentive. If you give them an incentive, like you get these tax breaks, you get the capital gains tax breaks, 
um if you invest in these industries like <clears throat> see here's the what the gop should do is because we can talk about this we'll talk about this for the next few weeks but uh because they have to do it as a part of reconciliation of the budget um and that means it can't create uh, increase the deficit after 10 years and then, but the way this is going it'll increase the deficit in 10 years because there's just not enough money coming in right <clears throat> but if they really want to lower a business's effective tax rate, because there's their tax rate right now, which is relatively high compared to the rest of the world, but then because of a lot of tax loopholes, that's different from their effective tax rate, and that's what they don't tell you either. And but now they're gonna they're changing their actual uh, tax rate on businesses from like thirty five percent to twenty percent, and but that has no incentive. So what they couldn't do is say like you can get this tax rate f. You spend a percentage of your income, probably I would say twenty five to thirty five percent of your income at least, on redeveloping these areas of America that are without jobs and everything like that. And I think I've said that before, but but now that we've seen it and it's kind of out there, we kind of just have to go, okay. Well, yeah, and I mean, <clears throat> I don't know where you know what where you draw the line with business because that's kind of one of these like playgrounds where if you try to play and you get a lot of dirt on you you know like it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to get in there as a liberal and make like ideas about how we should be taxing business without really kind of starting a lot of problems with the republican side as far as how they look at those programs and uh and then on the other end of it um, I'm also kind of on the conservative side of liberalism in the sense that I do think business needs to be able to operate. And I do think businesses are taxed a lot in this country. And I think it is hard to actually get off the ground with the different licenses and things. Um, it's really an expensive process just to start a business in this country, even if you have means. And, and I think that's something that comes with regulation. And I think some of those regulations are good, but I do think there's got to be a a cost of doing business that needs to be affordable so people can actually um, be entrepreneurial and, and try these things. And I think if if the cost comes down, it's more potential for places where the incomes are lower anyway, whereas like rural areas or <clears throat> counties with, you know, no real urban centers. Um, well, we're kind of in the <clears throat> age of the internet business. And for internet businesses, you just pay a filing fee to open up an LLC <clears throat> if you want that corporate structure. Yeah. Or if you don't want that corporate structure, you can just be a sole proprietor and just do your own thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying that it, eventually when you start doing the actual business, whatever it is, you start bringing in income, there are taxes then that are levied that begin to pile up over time, depending, especially depending on what areas of business you're trying to get into. And then real estate and things, if you're trying to occupy land, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's but it's always a balance because you don't get taxed on it right away. You pay the taxes at the end of the year and you should be able to like if you're you, you, and people need to take some time if they're going to do it to learn um, either you, you're going to hire an accountant who knows how to take your income and knows where you can create your um, write offs and everything. So you lower your effective tax rate. <clears throat> And that's the thing that you don't talk about. Like, you can say there's a lot of taxes on businesses right now, but the smart business person knows how to lower their effective tax rate by writing off everything that they can. And so if it's 35% now, it's, it's not... If someone made a $100,000 in a year, 
they shouldn't be getting taxed on $100,000. They should be getting taxed on $100,000 minus expenses. And and even things like the licenses you have to buy are things that you actually get to write off on your taxes. So if someone made $100,000, but they had $60,000 worth of um, expenses, so they only netted $30,000, and they're only going to get taxed on $30,000 worth of income. Yeah. That's common. I mean, that's normal <clears throat> income tax. But I, I, there are. It, it, it's not as simple as that when you're actually dealing with it as you're paying out these license fees. And they're coming at you at different paces. And the expectation on one end isn't necessarily true if, there are, if you're within a city bounds or if you're within a certain county. There's a lot of confusion that ends up happening when you actually go to operate a business, especially any business that deals specifically with members of the public. Mm-hmm. If members of the public enter or deal with anything in your space, there's a lot of different uh, demands. And a lot of that has filtered into the sphere of doing business taxes because people don't really necessarily understand how to divide um, all the specifics between what it takes as a tax, an annual tax, or a tax as it's happening. What they see <clears> is <throat> the barriers to doing their own personal business. And so I, I don't think I don't think it's, you know, I, I understand what you said before. I, I, I clearly understand how to start a business. I've started businesses. <laughs> but my, my point is that... Um, I, I was just saying for the for the growing public, like there are people that don't necessarily haven't gone to business school, but are looking to make a difference in means, and there are separations financially between them and that that ability. And some of that is tax structure, and some of that is the just the differences amongst um, w- the different places where we live, how counties and parishes and cities and regions and all these different things conduct business, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's it is it's unfortunate because it there is clearly kind of a stroke of the pen power of uh, of corporate uh, entities in in a lot of those places and so if you have like a corporate backing and money and structure it's easier for you to go to these places and start new businesses and 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 incorporate and create land things in that area that then impact that local area even though those people that live there didn't have as easy of a road to get the businesses because mm-hmm. the way business structure works. I want to, I want to push back. I don't want to push back on the whole thing. I agree with you, but I uh, I don't want people to get confused with corporate structures because <clears throat> they, you can have like an LLC an S corporation or a C corporation and a group, a small group of individuals can do that. Well, th- you're getting into semantics of language. What no, I mean, no, no, no. I mean no. a large corporation. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's uh, that's Fortune what, 500 company. Exactly. In the <clears throat> semantics of language, like that, using that colloquially allows people to collectively think <laughs> of that. And that is more of a criticism of resources than it is of a corporate. Like it is corporatism in, a, in and of itself, but those corporate entities have. Uh, enough money and enough resources to have people whose is their job singular job to do those specific things and that's what makes it easier for them and so it i just didn't want it to be like oh all corporations have this ability blah 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 it's like no only the big corporations have that ability and it's more than just corporate structure yeah i was talking about large corporations Mm mm-hmm but yeah they go into places and they and they take over and they streamline the effective like pace that it takes to start a business so within two years they could have boots on the ground building a building in a in a small town or an area um that's not even necessarily small it could be a city that impacts that area so quickly in a way that the locals can't quite get because they can never quite get 
all of the ducks in a row to to get the proper business in the different locations um just due to red tape and structure mm-hmm. of government and all that stuff and that, i was just saying that when you live in these places and you see that happen it doesn't matter to you who's coming in bo- on board if someone's telling you they're going to make it easier and also save you money mm-hmm. it's going to be easy to be swayed by that person as opposed to hearing you know the democrats sometimes do go into very very complicated specifics that may not be digestible to the average voter and so it's more about um feeling and kind of trying to like analyze what the importance of your tax structure and ideas are and trying to deliver that message to people that may not actually know the ins and outs of business and corporate structure and and that type of thing Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that's that's i I don't know (laughs) the money's out there we can tax obviously if we're lowering taxes on corporations and large companies like the the top tier tax does on this plan uh, we're going to lessen the amount of money the government gets, and we're also going to lessen the feasibility of different states and entities to use that money um, for, you know, roads and all the different infrastructure projects that both sides are saying they want to invest in. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... Uh, and, and basically it boils down to me is that I, I get the idea of why they're doing the tax breaks, but they're knowing human nature, and I feel like they're not considering human nature in their action plan. And human nature says, no, they're not going to do what you want them to do. Yeah. Because it's way too idealistic of a thing that you're pushing. But none of the stats say that'll happen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how this bill does and uh, and what kind of argument it gets when it hits, you know, the committees and hits the floor. And Indeed. It looks like I'll have to watch some C-SPAN in the next coming weeks to yeah, see exactly. what they're saying. I mean, not that we haven't been America. We've been watching it and the world. Um, well, what else do you have on the docket? Is there anything else uh, going on in the governmental side of America's leadership and uh so when we recorded last week uh we had our guest justin on who was awesome Uh, yeah it's applause to him but during that weekend uh, the Mueller indictments uh came out and yeah uh, Yeah. and as everyone knew manafort was the original uh like target mm -hmm. so that they went after and have they gotten anybody else since? I haven't noticed. That. Um, there was a guy named George Papadopoulos um, that pleaded guilty, and he was uh, he was their foreign relations manager, I believe. But he he was a guy who they the Trump White House and everything has been projecting him as kind of low on the totem pole. Uh, but he was in when I was listening to left, right, and center. They were talking about how. They were making fun of him because basically his only real credit was the Model UN. and right. But the reason why that was is that Trump was Trump. So there was anybody who was reputable in foreign relations was like, I ain't working with that asshole. And so that's why he got brought on board. But really, this is um, what they're really trying to do with it. it well, the interesting thing is that Mueller... It isn't getting him on all the counts that he can. That way, if Trump is like, oh, I'm just going to pardon him, there's other things he can be indicted for in the state of New York that the pardons won't cover. Right. And so, like, you know, he's hedging his bets and that sort of thing. But there's also, if you guys 
are, you know, watch Fox News and everything, you can see that Fox News is trying to uh, diverge the process by saying, like, oh, what's going on with Hillary? Oh, what's going on with the uh, this uranium deal that happened and everything? Which is, like, they're they're doing what they do best, and that's reframe and blame. And, and I think they even questioned whether or not Mueller should be arrested or uh-huh. charged. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, they were like, Mueller should be fired. And, and they were just like, but of course they were going to do that. But I shouldn't say of course they should do that. Because now what they're doing is they're really fucking with um, like the legislative process. And they're also fucking, like, they're basically saying, oh, we only want the rule of law when it counts for us. Yeah. And which we already knew, but it's just becoming more and more explicit. And, yeah. and uh, I just feel like more and more critiques of Fox News need to happen. I think um, there was Joy in the Morning had a lady who was on the conservative side and who was basically like she was there. They're like, yeah, we're going to put you on camera. You talk about these talking points, just like Justin said last week. And Joy was like, no, that is not what happened. Yeah. Right. It had nine different committees that had to do this. Uh, Hillary wasn't even secretary of the state when it went down. You guys are just trying to pull up a smokescreen because you know that Trump and his team might have actually colluded with Russia. And you, right? Exactly. So. (laughs) There was two audiences. She got two standing ovations. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, that's... the stories keep changing on Fox News. They try and that and and do that. And meanwhile, like the the investigation is just getting more and more direct to the administration itself. I mean, it's just got the campaign manager, so mm-hmm. it's 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 ridiculous and it's, it's so unfortunate that in these type of situations, because we're not like a parliament, we can't demand a new vote. Yeah, we have to go in the impeachment process. It's so long and drawn out and the Republicans are going to use that as like their bait to try and get stuff through. Uh-huh. Cuz I I mean the whole thing is 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 crazy. Um I mean, see, here's the thing though. If they were smart, they would impeach Trump already. Because Mike Pence is more likely to go through their shit anyway and he's a more competent person than Trump at least. I mean, he's still an asshole, but <laughs> it's, he's... Yeah, but they don't think that way. Um, they know that if the, the impeachment process may not, A, be successful, and B, may drag some of them through the mud, and then if Trump outlasts it like Clinton did, mm-hmm. he becomes Teflon Don. And um... That's true, because there are, like, you know, the, the populist reign, the establishment is now seeing how big of a thing it is in their states. Yeah. And they're, you know, what is it? They're hand-waving it, not hand-waving it. They're 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 giving it a little bit of attention. They're but they're they're pushing it under the rug really. Yeah. Like they'll do a jo- good job of convincing their constituents that they're not, but really they're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of like how Amazon.com will be like, hey, you want to come in and try out this new thing? We'll give you a $100 gift card to Amazon.com. And then they take that information and go like, and we just made $1 billion. That's basically what they're doing. They're just like, here's this $100 gift card. Have a good day. You're like, I got a $100 gift card. That's more than I had before. And all I had to do was give my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then they're selling all, all the information <laughs> they gathered. Exactly. <laughs> and Chaz is like, what's up? <laughs> As always. Well, man, uh, you know, Halloween just happened. Woo whoop. And uh, everyone uh, was dressed up. There was all kinds of costumes. Rick and Morty were were uh, were very popular this year. Oh yeah, all kinds of uh, specific characters from within the Rick and Morty, like uh, Meeseeks. Yeah, exactly. Meeseeks. Um, what? Uh, going into that, the fun of Halloween. I know now we're past it. Everyone's everyone's gone through it. But since we've gone through it, we can kind of reminisce on what we saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are your favorite costumes that uh that you've either done yourself or that you've seen, or that you think in your mind would be, uh, for Halloween? So for, so for simple costumes, uh, a couple of years I've seen people dress up as Speed Racer. Okay. And that's been pretty cool. I've seen some really cool, like, big costumes. Like, one friend of mine dressed up as one of the Colossus from Shadow of Colossus. Um, I've seen really cool couples costumes. Like, one was, there's usually, like, Mario and Peach, but I saw one that was Mario and one of those piranha plants. Okay. And I like it. That, yeah. that was one for one cool year. One myself because I basically for me Halloween is another drinking holiday and it's a drinking holiday that usually costs more money than I'd like it to. Right. So I try to find the most inexpensive costume I can, but at least it looks like a costume and not like I'm a regular Joe or like I'm a highly functioning adult, right? You know, <laughs> something like that. Right. And I would always get inanimate objects. So one year I was a ketchup bottle. Uh, but then I've been like a pepper shaker on and off for the past like two or three years. Okay. <laughs> and I think two years ago I was a keg and my, like the hat I had on the keg, you could fill it up with, uh, whatever you wanted. So one year I got a bunch of PBR and I was like, yep, here you go. Yeah. You're, right. You know, you become the life of the party like that. Like you get some jungle juice, put some jungle juice in there and be like, yo, just get you fucked up though. Yeah. From the hat. Right. Exactly. Straight from the hat. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I I had a uh, I had a year where I went as a lost hiker. <laughs> did you have frostbite and everything? No, I did have the same look though. I had the uh, the glasses you see with those old school hikers. The, like, oh, okay. Dark lenses with the little like leather on the sides to keep you from snow blindness. Oh. Uh, I had that, and I had a backpack, and in the backpack, on top of uh, a bunch of booze, I had a bunch of blankets. Oh, nice. And so I looked lost, and like I got into the spot, and I was like, this must be base camp and so i treated the party like base camp <laughs> and i waited till their kegs were low to bring out the beer that was in my my bag which i called provisions <laughs> that's good so, so that was a solid that uh, is good that was a solid costume and just like you said it's a drinking holiday and so it provided me a uh, capacity to carry beer for the whole night uh-huh uh what else do you is there i mean obviously everyone goes superhero the marvel universe has been pretty popular this year mm-hmm. uh, i saw a couple groots walking around that's pretty solid it's a big that's a big costume and you've got a line that you can use the whole night you know oh yeah i'm groot uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone's like is that vin diesel because uh you know uh that's pretty good and sometimes you get people that uh, dress up as co-workers that's always a funny inside joke you get uh um lately i, I saw a couple uh broad city characters oh nice yeah yeah both versions alana but and uh one was alana and uh and Abby, and then the other one was Abby and the other guy, the guy that works at the 
um, at the gym with Abby. Oh, that dude. That dude is hilarious. And so he was wearing a trainer shirt and she was wearing a cleaner shirt. Oh, my God. That's great. So, that See, that's that's low tech, but that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. It was solid. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. I think that's uh, costuming is fun. It's, it's an extended holiday these days in the adult world. Oh, yeah. Because it's like. It goes from like that Friday before. All to, the, like the day of the day the day exact yeah so this year was uh several days and uh yeah i think it, it's fun it's a good time i like that uh that pun related jokes and things yeah work as costumes it's like the one time when you can have like improv costume mm-hmm. you know now i remember one year there was one guy it was back in the 2014 elections or not 2014 2012 elections and Mitt Romney made that comment about like, oh, I have binders full of women. So like he had oh, like a big binder on it. It said full of women on front of it. <laughs> and I was like, I saw so many binders full of women that year. <laughs> it was ridiculous. That was a solid costume year for a, for a pun really joke. Oh my God. There, there was a guy walking around a party this year with uh with a black t-shirt that just said life. Oh <laughs> shit. And he was handing out lemons. Oh, I had I had a dude come to a party that did that too. Yeah. Holy shit! What, what did like Buzzfeed have that or something? I don't know. It just said life had hands you lemons. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's jokes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, costumes are good. Enjoy enjoy your time now. Now everyone has to wait for their uh, awkward uh, Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. See, you know, Thanksgiving's going to be interesting this year because it's a year after, you know, Trump's been in office for like nine, ten months. It's going to be, yeah, exactly. You know, like yeah. whatever grandparents, parents, cousins, uncles, brothers, you rage quit on Facebook, right? <laughs> you're going to see them again, right? And then, you know, you're going to talk about what it is this year. You're going to say, like, because they're going to be like, look at all the good things he's done. Like Neil Gorshik. Look at all those unnecessary regulations and everything like that. So, you know, they're going to talk. And then you're going to be like, yo, but what about the kids, man? 9.5 million kids uh, without that health insurance, though. Exactly. Just because they lazy. And y'all couldn't even get that tax reform plan in because it was a skinny bill. And, and it, like, so, you know, Thanksgiving should be interesting. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a a, a hoot and holler, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and then also uh, looking forward to 2018. You know, this is it'll be a year for for the till the you know midterm elections. That's a that's always a time to circle. That's when Obama lost some of his power due to the uh, the uh, raining down jingle sound. But uh, that's when he, you know, the the movement from the Tea Party came in in 2010. So we got to uh, to show force people bring it this next year. Indeed, there is also um, there's an election happening right now in Virginia for governor, Ooh. and it's a really really tight race. But and I was watching a segment about it on uh, PBS NewsHour. And one thing that got to me about it is like there's so it's very interesting about how now the GOP is realizing what Trump's message is. And that let me try to you're probably looking up the name of the guy now, but the Republican candidate. Um, it looks like the names are Notham and Gillespie. 
Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Notham is the Democrat and Gillespie is the um, governor, uh, GOP. Mm-hmm. So it's a tight race. It's 43 to 40 right now. Um, yeah, Democrat or Republican? Democrat. Yeah, because the thing is, Virginia was the only southern state that did not go for Trump. Right. But there's definitely, Virginia is one of those places with a mixture of rural areas and um, metropolitan areas. And But the metropolitan areas are basically partially offshoots of D.C. and offshoots of Baltimore. And so, or I should say, yeah, offshoots of Baltimore and... And then you can see that's where the liberalism hubs are. Mm, but this is very interesting that he, uh, Gillespie, is doing attack ads based on illegal immigrants and uh, the statues coming down as saying, no, like he wants the statues down. I want them up. Oh, he wants illegals in. I want illegals out. And, and he knows that's going to resonate with the base. So right. we have to, I think... One of the things that um, the liberal candidates have to look out for is how do you counteract that? How do you assuage their fears? Because, you know, since the beginning, it's been a fear-based argument that look at these guys, look at what they're doing to our way of life, fuck them, we want them out. And that's a hard, visceral, like, survival thing that it's hard to get away from people with, so. Yeah. Like, we might be able to win this one, but that's because this one is sort of a... It's not the liberalist stronghold, but I think the liberals uh, outpace the Republicans by numbers, so they'll probably be okay. But the fact that it's this close tells you where, like, where that divide in the country is and where people's fears are coming from. Well, and uh, of course, Tim Kaine was uh, Governor Clinton or uh, Senator Clinton's uh, running mate. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is a serving senator for Virginia. So, oh, yeah. So there's always been a, uh, a bit of a democratic movement coming from Virginia. But it's a good it's a good place to to hold a, a gubernatorial candidate. Uh, I think I think that's just kind of what we've been talking about for yeah. the last six months. Is oh, we yeah, need to for start, sure. You know, start with that. If we could move into like a Georgia next or like a North or South Carolina next. Yeah. Um, that would be a big a big push. And it would start to show not only um, how our governorships can work, how they can work in areas of the country that are considered to a lot of people to be Republican. And, mm-hmm. and I think uh, shouting back to uh, Justin's uh, talk from last week's episode um, about being in Texas mm-hmm. and that, you know, just depending on how the message is concerned and how it's delivered it will dictate how that state in the future will vote and what will happen. You know what uh, What state I want to look out for? Because, there, well, there's two states I want to look out for. North Carolina is one of them. And I say that because Raleigh, North Carolina, is becoming more and more tech-focused. Okay. And tech centers usually are more liberal. And same thing about Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville, Tennessee is becoming more tech-focused as well, too. Yeah. So I definitely want to see if that's going to do a surge, a spike of liberalism as well, too. And there's also, and then there's the music scene down there, too. But Nashville is very metropolitan, even for a southern city. So because of those hubs, I'm wondering if there's going to be some shift in thinking over there in those places. It could be, man. It It could be. Uh, I think we made it through our uh, allotted amount of time, man. 
Um, that's the that's the reminder. Do you have any uh, information to give people to grow their brains? And uh, uh, no, I would just say that if you listen to this on Monday, uh, make sure you're voting in your local elections right now. And make sure that you start gearing up your minds for who your candidates are going to be for your gubernatorial races, for your Senate races, and for your um, House of Representatives, uh, because that'll be coming down the pipe in about a year now. So, so yeah, it's time that we start thinking about it. You know, the primaries are going to start happening soon and everything. So, yeah, that's about it. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, as usual, I want to remind you guys that we do have an email box for you to reach us at hylbox at gmail.com. That's hylbox at gmail.com. That's for how you live in box, because that's our email box. And otherwise, you can get me at C-Town Mayor, because I'm your friend, helping your municipality by the sea. And you, search as how can people get a hold of you? Make sure you hit me up with that hashtag BillWatch at CRSII on Twitter and Chaz underscore Baz on the Instagrams. And as always, thanks for listening. Chaz, it's been a pleasure. Indeed. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.